this is Tracy. And this is Sheila, and we are Zvifat Chicks. And we're recording in our mobile recording studio, aka the, the car. car. And dear God, how do we do this? It's been so long. I know, it's been a long, long time. I'm still in school, still working, so for the next year and a half, episodes are going to be irregular. Now we're hoping they'll be a little more regular than they've been this fall. I know we mentioned last spring I had some health stuff. It's all been taken care of. I'm 100% healthy now. Mm -hmm. So the fall was kind of a write-off for us in terms of doing anything with the podcast because of it. We should at least get one or two episodes out a quarter if we're lucky. Yeah. So we, we still think about you guys, our listeners. I know right when we made the decision of we have to go really irregular, a couple people did write us before we, we said that on an episode and we felt really bad and I never got a chance to write them back. But those couple of guys that sent us some emails, we love the fact that you listen to us. We love the fact that you're fairly local in the Durham region. Definitely mm -hmm. keep listening. Uh, the next couple episodes are really going to be for listeners like you because we're going to talk about some very Toronto-specific things. Mm -hmm. So we have been remiss in our duties. Uh, we did a tour this August in Toronto, and we just never got a chance to record about it. And we have to tell you guys about it. It was fantastic. It was an amazing trip. Tracy booked it through WagJag. Yeah. So she got an incredible deal on it. Um, it was by Urban Adventures, and the tour was called Beer Makes History Better. And, and you know, we love history. And we love and beer. And we love beer. <laughs> and we love being tourists, even in our own city. So, you know, three out of three right there. How could we resist? And getting a great deal on WagJag. And if you guys don't use WagJag or, or Groupon or something... It's a good way to check out some things that you might otherwise be a little hesitant to pay full price for. So I, I really recommend, you know, subscribing, taking a look at what they spit out every day or every week and seeing if anything interests you. The tour was totally worth the money that we paid and I would have paid the regular price for it. Totally would have paid full price. And I, I recommend it to anybody who either likes beer or isn't very familiar with Toronto. If you're coming into the city for a week and you want something fun to do just on an off day, I would give it a shot. However, it is not for the kidlets. It is a, a 19 and up kind of tour mm -hmm. simply because you're going to be drinking and talking about beer. So it starts out at the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Right. And you do a walking tour all the way from there to a little more easterly to the historic distillery district. And along the way, you, you stop at a bunch of restaurants and drink and the guide stops and talks about different sites. So let's kind of give a little more detailed breakdown. Okay. So the first place that we stopped was actually at the... Flatiron building, right? Yeah, we stopped outside it for a good bit. Yeah, and he talked about, the guide, uh, Jason, talked about how this Flatiron building was actually built by one of the heirs of the Goodrum and Wurtz Company, which was a big company that distilled spirits in Toronto back at the turn of the century. Well, actually, earlier than Early that, that, late 1800s. And that was their, like, original headquarters, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, the original headquarters was actually in the brewery. Oh. That was like after they'd been in business their, for a while. Oh, their headquarters, yeah. Yeah, they've got a big, big, fancy headquarters. Now, the Flatiron Building is one of those buildings that you see them in cities all over the place, and you you really recognize the architecture. It's that building that kind of looks like a triangle, like a wedge, and comes to a point in the, the sidewalk. It has that curve in the front. And it usually splits. It bisects a street, usually. Yeah. And it's a very recognizable structure. The one in Toronto has is, is been very well maintained. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. it, it's a very, I think, iconic picture for Toronto, at least that particular area. Yeah. And actually, that, that day, they were cleaning the back end of it, weren't they? Yeah. Because we cut through the park afterwards on our way back, and mm -hmm. we're like, oh, they're cleaning and maintaining and repairing the back end of it, the fat end of the flat iron, I guess. Mm -hmm. We were up at the narrow end, so we didn't see that originally. 
So I think we stopped at, made a couple other quick stops just on the sidewalk saying, hey, he pointed out a few things, told a few stories and kept moving. Mm -hmm. That was a really long stop. I think we were outside that building for a good 10 or 15 minutes while he, he gave us some more history of um, the Goodrum and Wurtz distillery. Mm -hmm. But after that, after the Flatiron stop where we actually learned a good bit about Goodrum and, and Wurtz, we uh, made our first real stop of the day. Was that say what? I always love going to because they've got such a fantastic selection of really great craft beers. Yes, they probably have one of the best selections in the city, which makes it a perfect stop on the way to the distillery district for a beer tour because you can try almost anything. Mm -hmm. We were there when they were in the process of, uh, I don't want to say remodeling, but they were doing some kind of addition to their taps. So they could offer even more beers on tap. Mm -hmm. They're going to have like over 40 some beers on tap at that point, something ridiculous. So they were down to like their a skeleton crew of beers, which was still something stupid, like 18 or something. Mm -hmm. Ooh. I don't know if I can pick something from that. Yeah, this isn't the kind of bar you walk into and ask for a Coors Light. I think they may have it in a bottle in the back of the cooler, but, you know, they're going to mock you openly for it. I don't honestly remember what we had to drink there. I think I had the cask ale. You had the cask. I had something funky. Uh, we were the only ones in the tour group that ordered full pints. Everybody else ordered half pints. There's no shame in ordering a half pint if... That's how you roll, but we went big. <laughs> yeah, go big or go home. And while we're sitting there drinking, and, and the, the tour guide, they expect the tour to come in at the, the bar. The tour guide sits down with you. He explains what the beers are on the menu if you're not sure what's there. This is a, also a great tour if you want to know more about beer, period. Yeah. Because he was very knowledgeable about the brewing end of it. And then as you're drinking, he goes through and talks a little bit more about beer in general, what the different types are. It's stuff to us that was not new. I think we picked up one or two new interesting tidbits. Mm -hmm. he, he had a gear to different um, knowledge levels, I think. Right. And he did take a, how much do you know about beer? And everybody was pretty much like an intermediate. Uh, a couple of the girls, I think, were a little bit lower, but everybody else was kind of in our level. Mm -hmm. So, And there is a large amount of female to male ratio. I yes. mean, obviously, whenever you're talking about that, you get us as a pair. So we automatically... We skew it a little bit. Yeah. But this is the kind of tour where even he commented, he's like, wow, there's a lot of girls on this tour. Usually it's a lot of guys. Because there was a group of three girls and there was also two couples. Mm -hmm. So lots of chicks. Yes. And then us skewing it even further. So after we, we downed our pints, at Say What. <laughs> and by the way, you do pay for the beer on this tour, except when you get to the end stop. But when you stop at a restaurant like this, you do pay for what you get there. But it's it's really not that bad. Say What can get a little pricey. Depending on what you're ordering. Depending on what you're ordering, but it's worth it. Because mm -hmm. you're going to find something you've probably never had before. And then we kind of wandered our way down past St. Lawrence Market. One of my happy places. The happy place. Oh, and that's where we actually stopped at the, uh, the yeah. old um, stocks. Yeah, in the original um, well for Toronto, mm -hmm. which is actually at the same place. And he explained yeah. <laughs> he had the stocks at the well because everybody would come to the well and then they'd see the people who were naughty. And we learned a whole lot about cholera. I will not ruin it for you. Take the tour. Mm -hmm. But dear God, that's scary stuff. Yeah, it is. And I had remembered when I was... Um, scary like anthrax scary. Yeah, I, when I, I had done the... Um, I was doing some grad work and I, I had read a lot about the history of Pittsburgh and immigration turn of the century stuff. And I remember... They actually had a slight malaria problem at one point, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of problems with cholera. I didn't really understand how bad cholera was. It, a lot of the books I read didn't go into, this is why cholera is very icky. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where it stays around for a very, very long time. It doesn't just die off naturally. It it's, can live in the dirt for a long time, which is why I made the comparison to anthrax. Yeah. It's scary stuff. So that was very interesting to know, and I'm not going to go digging up any bodies in that area of uh, Toronto. Good. <laughs> But the reason why we stopped at the stocks, too, was because public drunkenness, they wanted to shame you. Shame. Shame. <laughs> 
though at the time, public drunkenness meant you were really drunk. You, you must have been super ripped. You were yeah. like unloading inappropriate body waste in inappropriate ways in yeah. inappropriate areas. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to put that out there. It's not like now where, okay, this is a delicate subject and I don't want anybody to think I'm making light of it because I'm not. But today we have two different kinds of drunk and we have a habit of blurring them together. There's the public drunkenness, like old school public drunkenness of you really shouldn't be in, in public. You should be put to sleep on your side so you don't die. And then there's the, I've had too much to drive, but I'm not belligerently drunk. I'm just over that legal limit. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about public drunkenness back in the day that put you in the stocks, we don't mean that I've had two pints in an hour drunk. We're talking the other one. Yeah. So you, you have to put that historic perspective on it. Actually, what would be over the limit for driving today, but not the stupid, I'm the going to puke drunk is... Yeah. It would be kind of normal for an evening out for some people at a public house back in the day. We were talking about, like, semi-functioning alcoholics that are causing trouble. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Then we uh, sauntered up the street. The buzz was starting to wear off from Say What? And we found ourselves at an establishment that neither Sheila nor I had ever heard of before. But it's pretty darn cool. The name of the place is Betty's. It used to be called the Betty Ford Clinic. Yes, named after the exact same place that cures the aforementioned semi-functioning alcoholism. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, they, they called themselves the Betty Ford Clinic for a while until they finally got a cease and desist letter in the mail from the Betty Ford Clinic, which they then changed their name to just Betty's. But the cease and desist letter has been blown up to poster size and is proudly displayed on their wall inside the restaurant. It's rocking. Just, yeah. that's, that's some balls right there. So Betty's is more like... If Toronto had a townie bar, it's more like a yeah. townie bar. Like Sneaky D's was. Yeah. Yeah. Or is still. Is, yeah. The really good food. You know there's some people that go there and they like, there's probably a butt imprint of mm -hmm. <laughs> on the bar stools from them. And they have the cutest little like patio in the back too. Because you go through the restaurant area, which is decently sized, and it looks kind of like that. It has that lovingly scuzzy worn-in feeling to it that you want in that kind of bar. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. Reminded me a little of Morgantown, but in a good way. Kind of like Gibby's, in fact. Yeah. It had a very Gibby's feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> and it had this, this cute little courtyard in the back with these really wicked, awesome gates that don't open. And mm -hmm. everybody just sat there and speculated for five minutes as to what that building used to be and what those gates were used for. So that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And they were also one of the establishments that are on, because they're on the tour, they know people are coming in. They actually bring out complimentary nachos to the tour group, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they do that every tour It doesn't happen all the time, but it could happen. Yes. <laughs> and they had a great selection of beer as well, including a lot of local Toronto craft beers. Mm -hmm. And they, um... Is that where I had the Kensington? Yes. That was delicious. Yes. And they also have an interesting philosophy about how they pour their half pint. A half pint usually comes in its own cute little half pint glass. They don't mess with that. That's too fussy. They just pour half a pint glass for you. But they're kind of sloppy with how they pour it. So your half pint's really a little bit bigger than a half pint. It's like three quarters of a pint. Yeah. <laughs> so just saying, if you're going there drinking half pints, be aware you're going to be drinking a little more quantity than you're used to. Mm -hmm. Again, this is an establishment where we both ordered full pints because we're like that. That's how we roll. I think just about everybody else at the table really They were socially the lubricated gear. enough that they did, yeah. Yes, yes. And I think the prices at, at uh, Betty's were a lot better on the beer than they were at, at Say What. Yeah, definitely. You're looking more around five-ish a pint at Betty's, whereas Say What can get close to seven-ish a pint. Yeah, because depending so. on which beers you're ordering at Say What, a lot of them can have like expensive ingredients or be um, difficult importing. to brew mm -hmm. or they're imported or whatever. So Exactly. Or you're just paying because you're not able to get it in quantity. Mm. A lot of those, you're not getting the quantity discount like you do when you buy Labatt and things or even Guinness. Mm-hmm. When a bar buys a whole lot of Guinness, they get it cheaper. 
So mm -hmm. Guinness may actually be cheaper at that bar. That's where you run into places that run the two for 11 specials because they know we can sell that quantity, we get the kegs cheaper, we can bring more bodies in and mm -hmm. sell it cheaper. It's like a never ending cycle. Exactly. And sometimes there's things that you can only get on tap because you can't get it in bottles at the LCBO. Mm -hmm. Which is a lot of the craft beers are like that. Mm -hmm. So we wandered our way down the street further, happily fuzzy. Um, it was five months ago, a little bit fuzzy as to the rest of the topic on the way to the historic distillery district. Went through the entire district from the, the beginning all the way back to where Mill Street is kind of at the far end of it. Mm -hmm. He explained some of the sculptures that were there and where they came from, which was kind of cool. Because they were like really Lovecraftian and weird. Yeah, yeah. There, there is one. We'll put a picture up of it. If you're a Lovecraft fan, you will dig that sculpture. <laughs> we also ran into the, one of the Segway tours, which he also does the Segway tours as well, which so I'd there be was heckling. There was heckling. You know, good-natured co-worker heckling. Friendly rivalry, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I learned a little bit more about uh, Wurtz and Goderham. Ended up hearing an... Oh! Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, I was going to say, the only thing I really remember from that part was that Three Men and a Baby were filmed there. Yes, whenever they did the outside sections uh, for Three Men and a Baby, everything else was shot on a soundstage, but the outside section of the building, that loft they were supposed to be in, is actually the one um, old distillery building in the distillery district. They came mm -hmm. there to film that part of it, so that was kind of neat. That to and told, he told a ghost story, too, I thought. He told a ghost story... I vaguely remember it, and again, I don't want to. I don't want to give away it. the whole tour too, but and they talked about the three minute baby ghost thing too, and it's really just to cut out of Tony Danza. Well, you can find that on the internet though. Yes. So we wind up the tour finishes at the um, at the Mill Street Brewery, one of our favorite places in the distor uh, historic distillery district. That is a tongue twister. <laughs> And once you get there, the samples are included in the price of the tour, correct? Yep. Yeah. That's correct. And we got to try everything at Mill Street. Like, oh no, we've never had that. Let's try that. No. We, <laughs> we were good, but... We, we didn't take advantage. No, but we, we go to their little sample uh, room, which is the gift shop, and we, we sampled everything. Finished up the tour. Now, you can tip your tour guide. You can tip him cash. Uh, we decided that this is probably one of the only times in our lives we'll be able to tip a tour guide in beer. So we actually yeah, were sneaky and said, hey, what's your favorite of beer? And he's like, oh, I love that one from Mill Street. Like, okay. Gave, bought it and gave him a six pack because, you know, I wanted to tip somebody in beer once in my life. Exactly. When are we ever going to get a chance to do that again? Yes. Overall, though, the tour was a blast. A great way to spend an afternoon. Mm -hmm. Two thumbs up. Check, Go it, check out. it out. Urban Adventures. Yes. We'll make sure and link to the website. And we did wander our way back to Betty's for dinner. We had had plans to maybe grab a bite in the Historic Distillery District, but the nachos at Betty's were so damn tempting. We just wanted to have an order for ourselves. We just wanted, <laughs> we wanted to go feed on greasy, drunk food. So we ended up uh, wandering our way back to Betty's and grabbing a pitcher there. Mm-hmm. And we got whatever their special lager was on tap that day. We got their their crazy appetizer platter that came with like a taco platter and a bunch of fried food. Oh yeah. And their taco thing for a couple people is so cool. It comes totally disassembled. You get, it's got a, like a bowl of meat and a bowl of different toppings in the shells and you just put it together and it was wicked awesome. It was a great idea. It was. I suppose more places don't do that. No, it was fantastic. The taco meat was perfect. The toppings were fresh. The fried food platter that we got on the side had a little bit of everything on it. Mm -hmm. And nothing was like overly greasy, you know, like drench your, your napkin, drench the paper in the basket kind of greasy. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was quality pub food. Mm -hmm. Very impressed with that. Great place to drink. Check it out if you're looking for someplace that's not going to totally destroy your pocketbook. A little bit more on the east side of downtown Toronto. Yeah. Now, and then our yearly Christmas gift to each other, the Gourmet Wine and Food Festival at the Toronto Convention Center. Mm -hmm. Is it Metro Toronto Convention Center? Yes. The big one. Woo. Now this year we went not as, we didn't go with the mindset of podcasters. We went with the mindset of this is our Christmas gift and we're going to enjoy it. So we're a little bit sketchy on details. Um, Again, it was a blur. A blur uh, of delicious food and delicious drinks. Yes. Yeah, it was. So I know, I'm just going to start talking about it. 
sure. um, the different things that we tried. I got a chance to try Collingwood Scotch, which is something we always wanted to try. It's in that cologne bottle looking thing. Now, is and, it a whiskey or is it a scotch? Actually, I think you're right. I think it's a whiskey. Okay. Is I wasn't it, sure. I think it's more of a whiskey. Is it a bourbon? It's not a bourbon, mm -hmm. but it almost tasted like a bourbon. Right. Yeah. So Collingwood, definitely thumbs up. Totally. Like that. And a, a wicked bottle, so you can't go wrong. Packaging and taste. Bitchin'. It's like 30-some bucks at the LCBO. Yeah, something Totally like that. worth the money for it. Uh, what else did we try? We did one of the mini tastings. Mm -hmm. We were toying with the idea of doing a tutored tasting. Um, because of my medical situation in the fall, we weren't sure if I was going to be physically capable of going to the Wine and Food Festival this year, and you have to buy the tutored tastings in advance, and they are expensive. And we didn't want to be out the tickets because all of a sudden it turned out I couldn't make it. So we didn't do those this year. That's mm -hmm. on the list for next year. But they did some mini tastings that were about five tickets each. Mm -hmm. And you sit down for about half an hour in a group and at, at, at tables. And they have somebody lead you through some tastings of some wine. So you get a crash course on how to taste. Mm -hmm. And then you get to try some different wines with a theme. We went to the Chilean one. Because we've heard a lot about Chilean wine, but I don't think I've ever actually really had it before. We picked them up on accident, but we've never sat down and said, we're going to try Chilean wine and actually remember what it tastes like. We're like, this is a red. It has an interesting label, interesting tasting notes, and it's affordable. Let's buy this. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, one, the lady who, who led it was very knowledgeable, very good at explaining how to taste it. Mm -hmm. We got a good crash course, so I understand a little bit more about how I should be swilling my wine. <laughs> Don't you mean swirling? No, <laughs> swilling. <laughs> I was really impressed with that whole thing she explained about the one variety of grape that had been lost to the ages, mm. but it actually found its way to Chile. Somebody had planted it in Chile a while ago. So the, this French winemaker is finally like, wow, this wine is just, it's a different variety. And they did some genetic testing and they found this one. Uh, it was actually extinct in France. Yeah. This one type of grape is actually in Chile now instead of France. I don't remember the name of it. It's like Carmier or something. Yeah. We'll post it up with the links, uh, like a wiki link to it, because it's really easy to find. But one of uh, one of the wines we tried, we got to try three wines, that was uh, one of them. Really, really good. I almost like it better than Cabernet. Still kind of like Shiraz a little better though. And, and much to my amusement, one of the things that she talked about is how Chilean uh, winemakers lament the fact that because when they broke into the market, they wanted to break into the market, so they made their wines very affordable. And now that they'd like to charge more for their wines, people aren't willing to pay more for Chilean wines, which means a wine that should cost 20 to $25 you can get it for closer to $15. To me, that's a total bonus mm -hmm. because I'm still not willing to pay more than 20 for a bottle of wine unless I know it's gonna knock my socks off. And even yeah. then I hesitate. And she was good explaining like how tannins work, like and how dryness works. Like if you swirl it around your mouth and then you swallow it or spit it, however you're gonna do it, if it makes your teeth feel dry, mm -hmm. then it's tannic. Yeah. I'm like, that is the best way I've ever heard it described. Yes, exactly, it was, it was really good. And before people think I'm like a cheap bitch, it's just that my palate isn't developed enough to appreciate a wine that's a really expensive wine. So that's why I hesitate to drop a lot of money on it. I don't know, the only way my palate's going to get better is to exercise it. But still, it's mm -hmm. like, I could buy a bottle of a really good bottle of wine for $40, $50, or I could spend another $20 and get a really good bottle of scotch, which my palate actually is kind of tuned up to and mm -hmm. can really appreciate. You know what? Bang for my buck and something I'm really going to like, I'm more inclined to spend the money on a good scotch or a vodka than mm -hmm. putting it into wine. That's, that's just my personal preference. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong if you go for the $30, $40, $50 bottles of wine. Knock yourself out. If that's what you dig, go for it. Yep. Did we end up tasting any other? Uh, we tried some Eastern European beers that I do not remember what they were, but they were all solid, mm -hmm. good Eastern European beers. Kind of like, um, kind of like, um, 
Check bar. Check bar, yes, kind of like check bar. A uh, bunch of different beers we tried. Had a couple of, of different wines here and there. Tried a couple of German Rieslings that I liked. Uh, overall, really, we didn't try much food at the festival this no. year. I went and got caviar. Yes, yes, you had some I caviar. I'm like, nom, 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 nom. Oh, and remember we found that place that sells oils in Whitby? Mm. So for the first time in my life, I actually got a chance to try white truffles. Yes. And my God, that's delicious. Yeah, white truffle oil. There's a place in Whitby. Again, we'll link up to it. Was it called Olive You or something? Something like that. It was like a pun name. And usually we're, if this is the first episode you've ever heard of us, usually from us, we're usually much more organized. This was several months ago and the Wine and Food Festival, when you go, you have to understand you're checking your memory at the door because you're going to be imbibing a good bit of, a, of adult beverage throughout the afternoon. Had, I can't even tell you how many varieties of olive oil. We haven't made it over to Whitby yet to check them out and get a few things. I think that we're gonna do that sometime in January. But wow, really good stuff. Um, the prices that they were talking about for their stuff is very affordable too. If you're into cooking or you're into um, doing the oil thing, give it a shot, yeah. especially if you're in the Durham region. So it's uh, all of it. Their website is tasting all of it, <laughs> olive as in O-L-I-V-E dot C-A and infused and fused oil, specialty oils, balsamic vinegars, and plain balsamics. It's located in Whitby. Go check them out. Yes, definitely. And if you have a foodie in your life that you're, you're trying to grasp for a gift to give them, get them a gift certificate there. Trust me, they'll find something on the shelf there that they're going to want. You're not wasting your money at all. Mm-hmm. Anything that was else? one of the finds. That was totally one of the finds. That was actually very exciting. You know, we had prosciutto sliders as soon as we hit the door. That's like a, that's our modus operandi. Oh, though. yeah. As soon oh, as we yeah. roll in there, it's like prosciutto slider. Okay. Yeah, we had, now I'm ready to go. And we had a couple of vodka cocktails. I know the one girl, she was started making up her own cocktails as she went at the one vodka bar. Mm -hmm. And she just was like, yeah, let's give this a try. And she did a good job. She's mm -hmm. very creative. Was there any gins or vodkas there that we were, found? You know what? There were no new vodkas and no real new gins this year. Mm -hmm. It was all kind of the same spirit. And even Corticia didn't have their big table off that they had last year, which I was a little disappointed in because I wanted to get another Corticia shot glass because they are my favorite vodka. Yes. But I think that about wraps it up for the, the Toronto excursion episode. Yeah. In the next episode, we're going to talk about another place that we found in Toronto. But we're just going to do kind of like a catch-all episode. Yeah. So look forward in a little bit to a potpourri episode to catch up on what we did in the fall so you guys don't think we're dead. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. Well, Happy New Year. Um, welcome to new listeners. Uh, yes, we're still here to the old listeners. This is Tracy. This is Sheila. And we're as Fat Chicks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this Vi Fat Chicks podcast. Please add us as a friend on Facebook and or follow us on Twitter. You can email your comments, questions, or suggestions to ZweiFatChicks at gmail.com. That's Z-W-E-I-F-A-T-C-H-I-C-K-S at gmail.com. Our theme music is Hot Swing by Kevin McLeod. Our podcasts, like Mr. McLeod's music, are protected under a Creative Commons attribute copyright. You can make copies of our shows and share them with friends. Please make sure that credit is given. Thanks for listening and have a great day.